Welcome to another episode of the X-Experts Divorce Etc. podcast, where we give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Why? We've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. And keep in mind, you can get X-Experts in your inbox by signing up for our newsletter, get the latest news and find out all about our events before anyone else, plus access special discounts and prices. Head to xexperts.com to subscribe. Welcome to today's episode of the Divorce Etc. podcast. We are thrilled to have with us today, Melissa Gregg, a valuation expert from St. Louis, Missouri. And, you know, we always talk about how one of the um, scariest parts of divorce, primarily for women, is the financial aspect. How is it going to look? What are people going to do once they're divorced? Can they afford it? Will they be able to pay their bills? And um, we have spoken about forensic accountants before. That is not what Melissa Gregg is. However, she is a crucial part of the financial settlement process of all of the divorces that she is involved in coast to coast. So we're going to dig into that um, and so that you can understand why it's important to utilize someone like her in your divorce. So Melissa, thank you so much for taking the time today. I love this powerful women trio. Yes. <laughs> Melissa and I had great conversations before this podcast. It was so empowering. I felt like I could like leap tall buildings in, like, in a single bound. I never thought of. She just like makes you feel like you could do anything. So welcome to our show. Thank you. So let's get like, start off by, as I just said, I mean, you're not a forensic accountant. I think that there are a lot of people who've heard about the, the reasons why someone needs a forensic accountant in a divorce, but you really are going down the wormhole into tracking down the money, finding things that people don't know exist or where they are, um, and giving the pragmatic approach of like what that should all look like in the end. Tell us exactly what it is that you do or how you would describe it. Sure. So part of it is that I become part of the team. And so when somebody kind of gets divorced, they usually hire a, a, an attorney and that's like the traditional way they could go mediation, but let's just talk traditional. Mm -hmm. They kind of hire an attorney and the, and the attorney's role is to build them up and to fight for them. Okay, I come in more as a financial expert witness. And I think it's interesting that you talk about forensic accounting, because that's the, the, the term that everybody knows. I have, I have a, a, a forensic background and I was a certified fraud examiner and I did forensics for you know big companies and governments and stuff like that. It's the skills behind it that you need. It's the skills of looking at things a little bit differently. But in a divorce, when I'm coming in, I'm supposed to kind of be the neutral. I'm supposed to be in the middle. And my role is to tell the judge the financial reality of this situation. And so a lot of times I really, I listen to all the parties tell me information, but the reason why everybody thinks they need a forensic accountant is because there's, you know, when you're going through divorce, there's mistrust, there's paranoia, but there's also that you remember your spouse saying, hey, we're having the best year ever. Hey, we're going to be able to buy that car now. Hey, Susie's going to get a free ride to school because I'm going to have all that money. Like they hear that, but that's what business owners always do. Like we amp, we amp ourselves up, right? And we're like, yeah, this is going to be a great year. Whoa, whoa. Well, but do you ever talk about how you had to finance that equipment with the debt? 
Do you right. ever talk about the credit cards that you needed because the cash was low one month? You don't talk about the bad, you talk about the good, right? Because you're coming home to your spouse and you're like, hey, babe, it's a great day. The problem is none of that conversation happens about the hard stuff, the worry, the, the stress, the pressure of keeping everything together. And so then when we get to divorce, we see both sides and we're like, well, that's not what somebody told me. And so that is where I'm coming in and saying, okay, let's get a, not that you get outside of the emotion, but I'm looking at the actual documents. What does it show me? What picture, what story do the financials tell me about the business, right? Cause I come in and value businesses or pension plans or, you know, stock options, very complex things, but what is the actual documents tell me about the story? And then what story is, is the judge going to understand? And so a lot of times I'm bringing clarity to maybe one spouse that was in the dark about the finances. Mm -hmm. And, you know, traditionally that has been the female in a lot of situations. And so what I talk to both the couple about if I'm doing mediation or working with them together is I say, listen, it is in everybody's best interest to know the facts and circumstances of this so that you can both make decisions that are for the best interest of yourselves and your family. I'm not saying that you, there is a best decision. I'm coming in and saying, here's what the financial picture looks like. And now how are we going to go forward? Now, if we're in litigation, then it's like, okay, here are the big picture items. What is our strategy? And the strategy isn't just till trial. The strategy is, can we settle this? Mm -hmm. Can we discuss it? And how do we go forward? Who's so hiring kind of, you? Right. Typically the attorney is hiring me. I have a lot of the relationships with the attorneys, but with, you know, social media content, a lot of the business owners are finding because a lot of times the couple or the, the spouse that has no clue, right? Because they want somebody to help them understand what is really happening. Where did this money go? Was it there in the first place? You know, a lot of times the spouse has, a, um, you know, pieces of the puzzle. Maybe they have eight pieces of a 10 piece puzzle. And those two missing pieces are really throwing everything off. Mm -hmm. Well, I can come in and kind of look at it from a little bit different perspective and say, okay, I don't need those two other pieces. Here's what this tells us. But you guys thought you had a 10 piece puzzle. You have a 20 piece puzzle. You guys only have eight pieces and I can see five more pieces over here that nobody's talked about. Okay, and, that, and that's just looking at the tax return. You have to report a lot of things on your tax return, on K-1s, on 1099, you know, like, all of this stuff is out there. And I try to tell people, the reality is everybody who gets divorced believes that their spouse is, is, is lying, right? They're hiding and lying. Than they say they are. Always, right? And I kind of come back in there and I say, listen, I've done forensics on some of the best scoundrels, right? And I got to tell you, you got to plan that in advance. And I'm not talking a month before you file. I'm talking years. years. And then you have to cover it. So unless your spouse is a hardened criminal, which I've seen, um, they're probably not going to get away with it or they're not going to be able to cover it, right? So we'll still look at the bank statements and we see transactions or moving money. You only have to have one movement of money, right? 
and, and you move $1 into an account in, in you're in Bank of America and you go to Nations Bank or, you know, they were the same, um, you, you are going to see a trace or a transaction that's going to elude. Let's say I write you a check, Jessica, and you go deposit it. Guess what happens? A picture of that gets logged into the right. information. System, right. Yeah. So I look at the picture and on the back of the check, it shows the routing number to where right. you deposited it. So right. now I know your bank and that's how, so we're, we're really collecting the little nuggets, but when you get to that point, you know, I had a client call yesterday and I, and he's like, where's this $3,000 and this is an expense. That's ridiculous. And I said, you should not be worried about that $3,000 expense. You should be worried about the $130,000 expense right above it. And he was like, oh man. I thought that was a, I thought that was normal. And I was like, no, it's not. So a lot of times people are looking, they have the right intuition. They have the right assumption that there's something not right. right. They just don't know where or what how to look for it. Got it. And we have to not only like assume that it exists, we have to find it and we yeah. have to be able to present it to the judge. And that's a little different. So two questions. Assuming they're not amicable, assuming one is somewhat of a scoundrel. If you're hired by the scoundrel, are they able to limit you on what you report and what you don't report, or you're following the values of your own business, which I'm not saying you're ever hiding yeah. anything, but I feel like, and I'm only basing it on my own experience, the people I worked with, I feel like a shit ton of stuff was withheld. I did hire a forensic and he ended up just going along with whatever the forensic said, but he uncovered a lot of stuff. But I was thinking like, if my ex hired him, would he be as revealing? That's so a great question. It's, it's integrity, it's consistency, and uh, it's, it's how you value your own uh, expertise. So when I go and testify in court, I'm a person. I testify as Melissa Gregg. I don't testify as a company. And when I produce a report, I know it's going to be seen by other people. So I know that it needs to, to happen. Now, how I deal with, and I will tell you, I rarely get hired by scoundrels because what do we know about divorce? There's three stories. Totally. One is wife, one is husband or wife, wife, and husband, husband, or then the third truth. one is the truth. The truth right. So I'm always looking for the truth and taking what they're saying out of the context of the divorce and saying, does it make sense? Is it rational? But if I have a client that comes in and says, this is how we're going to do this, I don't take a check from them. I tell them how this is going to be done. I testify on my integrity and my reputation. It's irrelevant what you think. And you attorneys and clients will use you. Absolutely. There are, there are those that just have a reputation or- yeah and they'll use you and abuse you. You protect your own integrity. You, I protect, if I, if I see a client that's not gonna work with me well, I walk away. But if someone hires you for the business valuation part, I think this is kind of a follow-up to TH's question. If someone hires you as the business valuation part, but their spouse is suspicious of, of other money that wasn't associated with the business, other things that may have been hidden through the marriage and you come in and you're just valuing the business, like how involved do you then get in the whole overall financial picture of the divorce? Sure, sure. 
So when we go and value a business, and even if an accountant comes in and does accounting work, we're not guaranteeing that we're going to, we're, we're not there to detect fraud and we're not there to quantify fraud. Okay. But what do we do? We need to make sure that the information is, is sane. And so a couple things is you can work in phases. So first phase is like, let's see the lay of the land. Let's see everything that we're dealing with. And then I come in and say, okay, you got five issues. Three move the needle, two are non-essential. So we put the two at the end of the line. And so of these three, this one is gonna move the needle by a million and these two are gonna move it by a hundred thousand. Now we're down to one issue. What are we gonna do with this one issue? Well, if it's a business valuation, but you have a client that's saying, listen, there's cash, there's this, there's that. So what I'm doing is I'm reconciling the bank statements with the tax return, with the internal financials or the QuickBooks. And I'm seeing if there's just discrepancies that come through and even just looking at that. Sometimes we just take a year. Like we try to say, oh, spouse says we, we filed for divorce in this year. So he must've started before that, right? So let's take the the biggest year that we think something happens and first see if we see any indications. We'll go through the bank statements. We'll look for those transactions, right? So we're gonna take some time, but not in an ordinate amount to see if, if we see any of the crumbs because if we don't see the crumbs, then right. you're into a situation where it could cost you 10, 20, 30, $40,000. Right. And the fact of the matter is you might not find anything. Right, right? you're on a so fishing wanna, expedition. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And so we take it in tranches, but you also, we're always going to look for those things a little bit. Like if there's some glaring and the other thing is most of the time when people like do things fraudulently, it's in even amounts. So if you start seeing a 10,000, a 5,000, a 3,000, like when's the last time, Jessica, did you Venmo TH $20 and 33 cents? You don't. <laughs> But when you right. go to Walmart or Walgreens, your bill is always $13.29. Right. So if you look at your own bank statement, it will almost be apparent, those even numbers. So right. we have a couple tactics that now if the client wants, and, and then it becomes client. I don't see a lot of this, right? Could it be in another account? Could it be another year? So I do let the client kind of help us figure out how deep we're going to go because sometimes it's, we got to stop, right? If it's not going to affect the outcome every, because well, let me well, get in. Yeah. Let me just ask. So yeah. someone is getting divorced and as is common, they're thinking, I just feel like there's, there may be money hidden somewhere. And it has nothing to do with the person's business because maybe they have the kind of job where they don't own their own business. They're an employee of someone else. So they are you- the money to somebody else in cash to right, staff or, or something. Or maybe they inherited something, like whatever, anything that's not associated with a business. I mean, is your advice, first of all, do you take on like personal cases like that? Because I know you work coast to coast. So for anybody listening, theoretically, they could be a client of yours. Right. So do you take like that kind of personal case on? And also what would you, do you recommend that anybody getting divorced should have a financial expert like you on the team? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I think the, I think what's happening it with a lot of attorneys is they've seen enough cases that they kind of know enough. Right. And if it's, if it's a simple divorce, like I'll just figure it out. The, the fact of the matter is, is I have seen everything I've seen 
situations where, hey, Melissa, review this valuation. They're saying it's worth nothing. And I was like, they missed one big thing and now it's worth 500,000. I was like, they're like, oh, how did we miss that? And I was like, well, you missed it because I see it in three minutes and you don't know where to look. Right. You know, so a part of it is an efficiency kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying every financial expert can do this. I'm saying find somebody who really dives in. Nobody really likes divorce. I mean, that's just the reality. Right. I like helping people get to a resolution. So I don't see it as divorce. I see it as a choice. You chose to get married. You chose to get divorced. I'm helping facilitate your decision. Right. You know, I don't take any judgment on it. But in looking at that, I think you need the sanity check. If you're enjoying our Divorce Etc. podcast, be sure and subscribe to our newsletter to get ex-experts in your inbox. It's free and includes tips from real-life experts who've been through it, telling you what they wish they knew. You'll also hear about our upcoming episodes and Q&As with our experts. Plus, you'll find out about our upcoming events before anyone else and get access to discounts and preferred pricing. You can sign up at www.exexperts.com. We're taking a quick break here to talk about our partner, Athletic Greens, which has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to see what all the hype was about, and I love it. You know I'm into health and wellness and love to use all of my essential oils and stuff, and one scoop of AG1 is 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. It's for gut health, immunity, energy, focus, aging, all the things. I mix it in water or a smoothie before or after the gym, and it works for everyone. If you're keto, gluten-free, vegan, paleo, and dairy-free. And every time you buy, they donate to organizations that help get nutritious food to kids in need, like No Kid Hungry. This is a simple way to take care of your health with just one scoop and a cup of water a day. That's it. Plus, to make it easy, you'll get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash emerging and take control of your health starting now. So if you really think that there's money missing, and I've had clients that have thought it was missing and we found it. I've had clients where we thought it was missing and you can do legal things to stop the the bleeding. Well, can you, you I want you to, I want you to expand on that right. because right before we started recording, you started telling me a story about in a certain circumstance well, you t- said two things. There was one about the surgeon who you were like, it doesn't even matter like what you think about what the house is going to be worth in two years. And you can tell that story. And then also another one where you were saying that it, it was, it doesn't, it like it, you, the lawyer was saying, wow, you know, so much. And you're like, I'm the way that you look at it is just totally yeah. different. And I feel like that would be really helpful for people to hear. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, um, at the beginning of a case, everybody, comes in and they're just like, let's just take some steps. Like we know we have to do the statement of income and expenses. We know we have to do the statement of property. Those are pretty consistent around most states. We have to file. Usually there's a cooling off period and all of this stuff. So they kind of just walk these steps, right? Let's, let's check the boxes and walk the steps. Whereas I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The, the, the reality is divorce is all psychology. Splash in some legal, splash in some financial, it's psychology. Right. We talk about that all the time. And it so, be so much easier. Yeah. And if we don't look at the end, like, like, you know, I had a client that was just like, okay, I really, I'm concerned about this. I'm concerned about that. I said, but why, what does it matter? 
then they'll tell you what it matters. But for the most part, I'm just coming in and trying to look at a bigger picture and, and put our efforts in the areas that is going to actually move the needle, right? And most of the time when I'm talking to the client, like I have one client right now, he's just like, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about that? And I said, when I go to the judge, I want three issues, right? That's all the judge can handle. This is a huge case. And if you can't tell the judge those three issues in two hours, I said, we've spent a hundred hours on this case for me trying to understand the business or the value or the whatever. And I have to go break it down in two hours in three points. And so I'm always thinking about if we get to trial, how are we going to present this in the, in simple fashion? And a lot of times that means that there are certain things that we don't need to do at the beginning because we might need to do it closer to trial. But it's I also- about efficiency. It's about efficiency, but you had also talked about how there are clients who intentionally are like, we're gonna try to block this, or we're gonna try to do something that would essentially kind of damage the other partner's ability to either access money or whatever it is. And you come in and you're like, yeah, but if you do that, then you're screwing yourself. Like, I feel like you need to talk a little bit to people who get caught up in all of the legal strategies and the legal tips and tricks that they're trying to do just to spite their soon to be ex that you're saying that's going to backfire and hit you in the ass in the end. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and also to that point, we talked about nobody wins. Like you're not winning because you got this and you get a point and you win because you got a point here. Like, let's incorporate that in your answer because that's people just being angry and that's the emotions getting in way in the way of the business and clouding your judgment and your ultimate maybe decision. Here's the thing is the judges have discretion. Okay. So in some cases, you know, like, and we call it scorched earth. So we have, in some cases, a spouse would rather burn everything to the ground than mm -hmm. let you have it. Right. Okay. So in those cases, maybe everything's gone. I mean, I had a client once that thought that her husband was, you know, putting money into um, a different country and taking the money and we could actually, we could see it and the banks should have flagged those things. You know, a lot of things should have happened, but none of them did. We should have put some stops on the accounts, but those didn't even happen in time. So finally we put, we couldn't serve him for something. You know, the attorneys couldn't serve him. So we sat a private investigator out in front of his house for seven days. He didn't show up. In seven days, we went and we knocked a, a bit. They took, I didn't. I'm scared of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm just the finances, right? <laughs> they took in the police and they walked in and guess what they found? Nothing. He had left. It was all gone. Everything was gone. Gone, 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 right? No trail. That's very rare. Now, when we went to court, he didn't show up to court either. He did show up a couple months later for something else, but the, the judge determined a judgment based on what the marital property was before he started getting rid of it. So like, let's say there's a million dollars of assets and, and your, your spouse gets rid of, and now there's only 200,000. Well, the judge has discretion to say, all of that now goes to you and they owe you some back, but you have to, you have to figure out how you're gonna show the court what is the biggest pieces of it? And so in some cases, you know, you have a business owner that's doing crazy stuff. Everybody wants to lock the business owner down and say, no, give, give them, you know, limited access to these accounts. I said, they will burn it to the ground. And if 
you burn it to the ground, is there anything left to split? Right. You know, so a lot of times, or we're saying, hey, this value of the business is, is $15 million. I say, okay, well, do you have 15 other million dollars of cash so that he can keep the business and you take the 15 million? No, we only have about a hundred thousand. Okay. Well then we need to figure out how you're actually going to get this out. In some cases, there's so much money to go around that everybody is still, you know, um, kind of wanting to be specific. Like I have a client, there's more money to go around but this client is very concerned that she's getting screwed over in one particular area. And all the attorneys who are male told her to, can you just, just be happy? Why you gotta, can't you just be happy? Do you know what happens with the male says that? We thought we're gonna find every little Right, job. right, right. You know, so in some, so when she calls and, and she's like, I'm looking for this, like, I wanna make sure that this is right. And I said, what did they tell you? to suck it up. And, and she's like, yeah, well, we found it and it was wrong and it was really wrong. <laughs> and, you know, so, but, but there's the thing, it could have been fine. And I said, right. I said, let me understand this. If I find something good, if I find nothing, will that make you feel like you didn't get screwed? Is that what you're seeking to know that you didn't get one more over because of this person that's done this for so long? She said, right. yes. Yeah, fine. Well, I will find it. That is the psychology behind divorce, right? You and 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 what the reason why I had asked that question before was because I think that I did not hire a forensic in my divorce and there were things that I kind of knew existed and I was just like, you know what? It like was from his family and I was like I'm I'm not going to take stuff from his family and whatever. And I definitely probably left money on the table out of my first divorce, but I feel like there may have been, or there may not have been like, I don't know what the value of that stuff was. I just right. think that the, a lot of people think that they have to have a financial expert and because they think like, well, I can spend 20,000 on the financial expert because I'm going to get a hundred thousand back. Right. right. And then people spend the 20,000 and this, and the ex-spouse was being truthful. And now it's like, you spent 20,000 and you got nothing. Right. Well, right. Except that it's a peace of mind. It, it's the, and there's definitely something to be said for it. So if you have $20,000 to blow and it is your peace of mind, yeah. sometimes that's your sanity because then you're moving forward and you're co-parenting, you're paying for college, you're paying for trips, you're paying for time at home and cars and, and, and supporting them while they look for a job and everything. So I think that it really depends on your financial position Yeah. to decide right. if you, and if you're in a position where, you know, you know what? I need $20,000 to live. Right. So, you know, I think it's a matter of perspective and where you are in your life. Um, I hired one because he just, he couldn't be trusted for anything. So it really didn't matter what he was saying. He was lying to himself and believing his lies. So like, you know, I needed yeah. someone to give me the truth. And it worked out in your benefit because you were right. Uh, you know, I probably still spent more than I got, but at least I got the truth. And I got a really good, I'm very happy with the way it worked out for my kids and the right. college and everything. So right. there may still have been money out there, which I'm sure there was, but as long as we are taking care of properly, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm fine. Like, I don't care how much more money he makes, as long as he's being financially responsible and following through on what he agreed to. Right. Otherwise, well, I can't worry about whatever else. It's not my money to have. 
And that's the issue is that when we come in at the beginning and we say, okay, we're going to take this amount of time or, you know, retainer, and we're going to look at all the issues. And then we're going to all decide based on where I see the trial strategy or the biggest movers of money, we're going to decide where we're going to go. So mm -hmm. I let the client be in control of the cost involved because what I learned in 2021, my growth for 2021 is I am in control of one single person and that's me. Right. And I trust that I make the best decisions for myself, but I also have to trust that Jessica makes the best decisions for herself. So when Jessica comes to me and says, Melissa, I need to know this because I can't co-parent all I'm going to think about is how he effed me over and I can't do it. I hear her on a level of human that I say, listen, so I'm not going to judge and say, you don't need to spend this money on you or yeah, I'll take your money. No problem. No, right. I hear her on a, this could be ended today, or I'm going to have to continue to deal with this for years. That's right. And for me as a woman, right. as a human, like heal it fix it, heal it, forget it, move on. Okay. Yeah. And if we can't do that because of some little issue now in this situation, she was right. Okay. Mm. And in another situation I have where they have burnt everything to the ground. And she was like, I think he's putting money in another country. She was I mean, right. Yeah. That's crazy. That's you know, crazy. Not always are they right, but if you take it in levels, like, okay, let's just spend $5,000 and see if we see any, any red flags. Oh, we saw some red flags. Let's chase those couple red flags for another 5,000. Okay, nope, all of those didn't pan out, but one did. A lot of times we're trying to use that information to settle the case. So it's not all for naught. Mm -hmm. You know, in one situation where I have some fraudulent activity in a client and they're like, oh my gosh, we got to blow this thing up and da da da. I said, no, no, we don't. I can make a lot of assumptions in the valuation. I can say, hey, judge. They should have had 500 more thousand because of A, B, and C. And I make that assumption in the valuation. It doesn't mean that we actually have to find, we have to have enough information to do that. Right. And I feel good about it, but it doesn't mean that it's all you have for to not. show where it is. Right. Yeah. I said in, in one situation, we had huge, I mean, big ticket items and there were probably like $3 million worth of inventory missing on 12 items. Right. That's all we did. We took the 12 items, gave them the serial number and then inventory number. And we said, would you please, please mm -hmm. tell us where these items are. And the next week it settled. So a lot of times can of worms. that's the strategy. Right. In my mind, the strategy, what I know about divorce is settling is always going to be beneficial. You totally. get to have some control. You get to have some capability to make it work for your family. You know, not everything is the same and you, you have a, an ability to make a, a situation that maybe you guys can move away from because a lot of times the co-parenting, you got to start doing it, but you, like, you can't hold on to that stuff right. or else it's right. just going to affect the kids. And it's like, did you get divorced? Or are you right. still divorcing? And that's, right. and that's really the end goal. I, I mean, I, well, for most people, because obviously it takes two to be able to have an amicable co-parenting relationship. But at the end of the day, nobody wants to stre stretch it out and spread it out and have the like acrimony for the rest of their lives. So um, it's great to know that there are people like you that are able to go in there and, and do these things to be able to give 
I would say, quote unquote, the underdog, the peace of mind that they need to be able to move on in their lives, however it looks, but to be able to say, I can, I can sleep at night and that's worth the cost. That's right. That's right. And let's, let's take my, my person that thought that there was some fraud, right? And I said, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take five grand. We're going to go see if there's anything there. And we got there and I said, it's there. And, you know, it'll probably move the needle a couple hundred grand if we do it. She's like, I want to go full steam. I was right. I want, you know, like, that's not fair. That's not how we operated. So there's always these underlying stuff going on Mm -hmm. that I never fully know about. But what I know, Jessica or TH, is if I give you the information, you know the best answer of how to move forward. Right. And I will right. take direction right. on how to move forward or how deep we go, but I typically will not take direction on what the value is and things sure. like that. So that's gotta be you my You know own. your job. That's why right. you're hired. You're the expert here. Right. That's right. So Melissa, are you do you work with people across the country or only in Missouri? No, we work across the country, but we also right. work with like mediators and collaborative divorce professionals, you know, because right. a lot of things, the court systems are backed up. Yeah. And, you know, so a lot of times we're partnering with mediators around the country and we're saying, you do all the mediation, right? You handle it, get the clients, da, 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 and we'll come in and solve and like kind of solve the financial That's stuff awesome. and then we'll leave. That's right. You know, like dip and, in, dip out. <laughs> yeah. Which and is what that. Sorry, go ahead. Recently with a collaborative case and they're like, we finished this case in three months. How is that possible? Well, a lot of it's just having honest discussions. Like if I have a, a person that's making 500 grand and somebody's staying at home, I'm telling the person that making 500 right. grand, how much do they need to live? Like right. they're worried about life. You just right. can go make more money. Now that doesn't mean that that's fair because fair is the F word in, in court. There is no fair, right? There is reasonable. There is, I will accept it. There is, I'm okay with it, but you can't, you know, like you don't want to really get greedy because the judge is just going to come and maybe split it in the middle. Right. Right. I love that you just said that and ended that way because that that's in my notes too, about like being greedy and not being smart. Right. I mean, there's so, so much more that we could delve into for sure. I feel like we've barely scratched the surface, but, but, it, that but was, it was great. Yeah. And so much valuable information for everybody out there listening to know that this, that, you know, there are people like you that exist and, and to be able to make the decision, the best decisions for yourself. Like, is this a path that you want to go down and how far down the path do you want to go? So Thank you so much for taking the time and being able to explain and clarify all of that for people. And for everyone listening, go to our website, xexperts.com, E-X-E-X-P-E-R-T-S.com. And you'll find the expert page all about Melissa Gregg. You'll find all of the ways to contact her, why we love her, um, her links, and so that you can connect with her directly if this is something that you feel that you are going to need in your divorce. So thank thank you you so much. much. Such and a great we'll resource you that you guys time. are putting together too. So awesome. Really Thank appreciate you. that. Thank you. For everyone out there listening, if you know anyone at all who would benefit from what we've talked about today, please share this episode and everything X-Experts. Be sure and click to subscribe, rate, and review our Divorce Etc. podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please follow us on social media at X-Experts on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. You can also find so much more, including articles and even the podcast transcripts on our website 
at www.exexperts.com. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter now. When you get X-Experts in your inbox, you're the first to hear about all of our happenings at events, plus access special discounts and prices. Thanks for listening.